Good afternoon, Memorial Baptist friends and family, and welcome back to our midweek edition of our podcast for December 16th, 2020. By the way, there's only one more weekend until Christmas. I hope that each of you are having a great week. You know, what a what an awesome God we serve. You know, this past weekend, Memorial voted unanimously to extend a call to ministry to Brother Dallas Holston to come and be our worship pastor. I'm very thankful that in a time of extreme divisiveness in our nation, that we are experiencing such unity, such sweet harmony within the body of Christ. It's such a tremendous privilege and honor to welcome Dallas aboard as part of our memorial staff. Dallas comes to us from Victory Life Church in Lubbock, Texas. Dallas graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Music from Texas Tech University in December of 2017. And he's worked at Victory Life Church ever since. And Dallas' personal mission statement is to use the talents that God has given me in order to help bring people closer to Him. Dallas and his sweet wife, Caitlin, were married in June of 2019. Caitlin just graduated from Texas Tech and with a master's degree in nutrition and dietetics and is pursuing a career as a clinical dietitian. Dallas's hobbies include songwriting, working with his hands, and videography. Dallas and Caitlin are expectant for God's will as they continue a new chapter with our memorial family. So let's give them a big memorial uh, welcome. I want to say that everyone is invited to our annual candlelight communion service on December 20th at 6 p.m. This is always a great opportunity to partake in communion as a family. And we enjoy the Christmas story through scripture, through singing Christmas carols and receiving communion. We'll also sing Silent Night together in a candlelit sanctuary. It's really a great opportunity and a great uh, time of worship, but also uh, just setting the, the tone for the Christmas holiday. And I hope that you will make plans to attend. That's Sunday evening. December 20th at 6 p.m. I would ask you to please pray for us as we continue to minister during these uh, difficult times. I would ask that as we continue to gather for our worship in person, to encourage everyone to wear a mask and social distance and make sure that we're following protocols as we try to protect our most vulnerable. You know, if you're not able to worship with us in person, I encourage you to please check out our new and improved uh, live stream on our NBC Temple YouTube channel, premiering at 10.45 a.m. every Sunday morning. Now, this is a live feed, so you can watch our service online, uh, even as it's it's happening. Uh, Before we get into our scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 today, I would like for us to pray together. And I would just ask if you would pray with me as I lead us in prayer. Loving Father, I pray that you would uh, be with our nation. I pray that you would be with those who are dealing with this virus. Um, Father, I pray for answers uh, to this virus. I pray that um, 
you would help us, Father, save lives. And, and Father, I know uh, it is affecting everyone. Uh, Father, there have been over 3,000, 300,000 deaths. So I pray, Father, that you would um, save life. Father, that you would um, just give the, the doctors wisdom and how to treat it. But Father, that you would just uh, be our, our guide, our healer in all of this. And Father, I pray for our homebound members. I ask, Father, that you would uh, be with those who cannot get out. I lift them before you, Father, that you would strengthen them, that you would just heal them, Father, that you would give them what they need uh, during these dark days. I pray, Father, that you would comfort those who are hurting, those who are grieving the loss of loved ones, those who are not able to see their loved ones. Um, I pray, Father, that you would just show yourself mighty in that, and Father, that you would, um, that they would sense your presence with them, uh, even now. Father, I ask for healing for those who are ill. I pray that you would just touch their bodies. I pray for comfort for those who are struggling emotionally with all of the stress that is going on with this coronavirus. I ask for light, Father, for those who are living in spiritual darkness. I pray that you would open their eyes, open their ears, that they might see the light of the gospel, that they might hear uh, of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Father, I lift up our neighbors uh, to you, those who don't know Christ in a personal way. And I, I ask, Father, that you would just touch them. Father, that, that you would save their souls. I pray, Father, that you would just draw them to you by your Holy Spirit. Father, apart from you, we can do nothing. So we need your, your guidance. We need your help. We need you, Father, to do the things that you uh, want to do in each one of our lives. Father, I pray that you would be with the ministries of Memorial Baptist Church. I thank you for our staff. I thank you for those uh, who serve uh, day in and day out, week in and week out, Father, uh, bringing the gospel, sharing the gospel, discipling others, uh, Father, preparing lessons uh, from your word so that others can can grab hold of that and, and have a spiritual food, uh, that, that we would receive that spiritual nourishment. Uh, I lift up our Sunday school teachers to you. I pray, Father, for um, those that minister each week. I ask that you would continue to give them wisdom as they study your word and insights into your word. Uh, Father, we need your word in our nation. I pray, Father, that you would be with Dallas and Caitlin as they finish well in Lubbock. I pray, Father, that as they transition towards ministry here at Memorial, that you would just continue to, um, to guide them and to fill them with your Holy Spirit. And, Father, that uh, you would just uh, use them in a mighty way, um, that others would know um, Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Father, I, I lift up our, our ministry budget for next year to you. I pray, Father, that you would supply the need. I ask, Father, that you would um, uh, be with this 
time of COVID that it would go away and that we would be able to do the ministry that um, you call us to do. It's been so difficult, Father, trying to do ministry in this uh, pandemic. And so I pray, Father, that you would bring relief to your people, to your church, to our nation, to the world uh, from this darkness. I pray, Father, that you would be glorified in it. And Father, that people would cry out to you in this time. Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for guiding us. May everything that we say, think, and do bring glory and honor to your name. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever been so under the gun, under the load in your Christian life that you wanted to chuck the whole thing? I mean, maybe you've been so discouraged and so depressed by adverse circumstances or obstacles to your faith. Maybe temptations to sin that you just wanted to give up and quit. You may have discovered for the first time that living for and serving Christ at times is is a battle. It's a struggle. It's a warfare. You know, for all of us, it's a hard thing to learn that Christianity is fighting the good fight of faith. If you've ever been at this place in your experience, I want to say (laughs) you're in good company. You know, every true believer in Christ has experienced the momentary desire to give up and go back into the world. Even first century Christians, they experienced this emotion. For these Hebrew Christians to whom the author was writing the letter to the Hebrews, uh, they were considering leaving Christianity and going back into uh, Judaism because the social persecution against them by unsaved Jews was, was very trying. They wanted to give up. But the author of Hebrews encourages them to press on in Christ. You know, the author in this context, he compares the, the Christian life uh, to an athlete running a race. And the author's point is that all Christians are are running a spiritual race. We're not running for earthly crowns, but we're definitely running for heavenly crowns. And how we run the race has eternal consequences. It's not only important that we run the race, but that we finish it. Because if we don't finish the race, we won't see Jesus. Every true believer in Christ will finish the race. But some may do better than others in the running of their race. Some will finish first. Some may finish last. But all will finish the race. I'd like to read from Hebrews chapter 12 uh, down through verse 4. uh, Yeah, through verse 4. It says this. It says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. I really love this passage, and it says so much. You know, it begins with the word, therefore. And you have to ask the question, what's the therefore, therefore? <laughs> and so, the therefore takes us back to what preceded and refers to, actually, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. And it says there, it says, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. See, these Hebrew Christians had great need to endure or to persevere in their faith in Christ, and the author is encouraging them to run the Christian life just like an athlete runs a track race. You know, and, and I, I, we need that endurance. And, and he says there, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, the cloud of witnesses refers to Old Testament saints, the ones that are mentioned in chapter 11, that roll call of faith, if you will. This does not seem to teach that the Old Testament saints who died are now looking down on us from heaven. <clears throat> but it is a picture of a huge coliseum filled, fielding a, a, a Greek athletic event. And there are thousands of spectators looking on and they are witnessing to or saying something to the New Testament saints. And their lives are examples to us to run the Christian race well. For in their lives, in their work, and in their suffering, they testify to us that they were true men and women of faith and that true faith perseveres. It pushes on. It endures. I love this because what a great picture, you know, of, of spectators and their, their lives being the lives that, you know, they've ran their race. The writer says, let us also lay aside every encumbrance. And the word encumbrance literally means... <clears throat> weight, or bulk, or fat. See, this is an athletic word, and it speaks of a track runner who has nothing to hinder him when running a race. You never see an overweight man on a track team. You know, a runner must train and discipline himself in diet and hard work to get himself in shape for the big race. And the race is won or lost on the training field where there is <clears throat> excuse me, rigorous self-denial and discipline 
And I want to say vigorous exertion. See, the Christian is not called to push the easy button. Oh, we do it all the time. But we're not called to push the easy button, to to sit around and take life with ease. But we are called to embrace a rigorous life of self-sacrifice and self-discipline. We're in constant training, putting forth strenuous activity to win the race for Christ. See, the runner does not wait until a crucial race before he discovers his need to remove excess weight. But he trains for months, getting himself into shape through discipline and sacrifice, laying aside every encumbrance, every weight or or bulkiness, or, or cutting off the fat so that he can run the race that is set before him. See, anything that keeps the Christian from effectively running the Christian race is to be set aside. For there is nothing more important than running this race. See, an encumbrance or a weight may not be, excuse me, may not be sin per se, but it's a hindrance. You know, as a Christian, you may be hampered by something that you know. Something you know that you must give up for Christ. For, for this particular thing is hindering your progress in your growth as a Christian. Maybe you have some particularly worldly fixation that you don't want to give it up. But if you don't give it up, You might not finish the race. And a failure to finish the race has tremendous eternal consequences. You see, self-denial and discipline are definitely part of following Christ. You never say yes to Christ without saying no to something else. See, faith must always precede discipline. Or it will all end up in failure and self-effort. Faith always results in works. You know, maybe a believer has some questionable or a doubtful practice in their life which they, they like because it feeds their flesh. But they don't want to, to part with it. And the believer rationalized, well, what harm is there in this thing? I mean, it's not a sin because the Bible does not state it to be a sin. Well, maybe not. But is it a weight? Does it hinder your testimony for Christ with others? Will it encumber you so that you will not run the race effectively? See, I say get rid of it if it keeps you from running the race with power. The writer goes on and he said, and he talks about the sin which so easily entangles us. This is a picture of a runner trying to run in his warm-up clothes 
And, and for a Greek, this would have been like a toga and, and sandals. It would be like us trying to run with maybe a bulky bathrobe on and combat boots. Okay, The runner would get entangled in the robe and it would hinder his effectiveness. The sin, and notice that it, it is singular, does not refer to acts of sin or sins as we might call them, but to specifically the sin of unbelief. The sin of unbelief so cleverly surrounds us and causes us to trip up in our walk, our our race with Christ. Unbelief is the sin mentioned all through the book of Hebrews. Unbelief is a failure to take God and His Word, the Bible, seriously. Unbelief is the basis for all sin in the Christian life. See, unbelief so subtly creeps up on us. We must become aware of our tendency to slip into it, and and we have to get rid of it repeatedly and continually. Unbelief of a Christian may cause us to give up and not finish the race. And brothers and sisters, that has eternal consequences. Look what the writer says after he says the sin which so easily entangles us. And he says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. See, the Christian is to run the race, not walk it. This shows that following Christ is not a passive thing, but it's active, it's energetic, and it's vigorous. I mean, to run, we have to put out effort. And that involves the determination of the human will. We're to run from start to finish with patience, with perseverance, with persistence. See, a believer needs patience as we seek to run the Christian race for our Lord in this wicked world. Oh, it takes lots of patience. See, our life in Christ is like a distance race. It takes training, it takes discipline, it takes endurance in order to win it. In the last hundred yards of any distance race is grueling. And it takes real guts to finish the race. See, most Christians, oh, we want to run the hundred yard dash, but we're not interested in running the marathon. So when the going gets tough, some believers want to quit. But God has told us that our life in Christ is an endurance race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And it's grueling at times. And it takes determination and it takes grit and and guts to push on in the race. But know this that the reward is great because the finish line is heaven. And I love this because in this verse, he also says the race that is set before us. See, God has told us that the course is set out before us. It's all planned by God 
The rules of the, of the course and the limits are marked out by God and they must be followed. See, it's a great comfort to know that God has sovereignly laid out the path before us. He knows what we're encountering. He knows what we're going through. He knows the, the challenges, the ups and the downs. And, and He's laid out the course for us, for you, for me to run. We know where the starting line is since that's where we first believed in Christ. But only God knows where the finish line is and the, all the obstacles along the entire course. I mean, obstacles will be placed in the way. There will be trials. There will be hardships. But we have to endure, trusting the Lord to guide us to the finish line. See, none of us knows the length of the course for, for us. But God knows what it will be for each one of us. The course is longer and tougher for some people than it is for others. But I love this. I love this verse. I love this passage. Because it talks about the goal of the race in verse 2. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. <laughs> you know, the Greeks, when, when running any, any kind of foot race, they would hold a long pole right at the finish line. And as the runners moved towards the finish line, grimacing with, with body pain, they would fix their eyes on the pole and run towards it. They would give full concentration to the pole and the finish line, trying to forget the pain of the body because of the strain. See, Jesus Christ is the final goal of our spiritual training and endurance in our Christian lives. We're to run this race in life with our eyes fixed on the person of Jesus Christ. Running the Christian life involves total concentration, total attention, and total occupation with Jesus Christ. See, because Christ is the goal of the Christian life, and those who persevere to the end shall be with Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, the secret of perseverance is in the phrase, looking to Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus. You know, great men and women of the faith can inspire us. We see their example and it inspires us. People like, like Luther, Calvin, Whitfield, Wesley, Spurgeon, Moody, and others can challenge us to, to mobilize our forces and clench our fists and set our jaws and cause us to be men and women of faith. 
But if that is our only motivation, we're going to lose our heart and our zeal. See, great people can inspire us. They can challenge us. But only Jesus Christ can empower us. See, by faith, Christ can give us the power to persevere. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Folks, we must not take our eyes off Christ and look at the spectators because as soon as we do, we will begin to break stride and we could stumble and next thing you know, we'll be out of the race. We must rivet our attention on Christ, not being sidetracked by people or things that would compete for our attention. I love this because it says that Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith. The word author literally means leader or pioneer or captain. And Christ is the leader. He's the the perfecter of faith. Our, Our Lord went before us and lived a perfect life. He is the only one who never stumbled in the race of faith. Jesus Christ laid aside unbelief and and every encumbrance, every tie of family and friends in order to do the will of the Father. You know, in John 6, 38, Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. He's the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy of set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, Jesus Christ finished his race, and he did the Father's will perfectly. Christ himself suffered more than any human to bring salvation to God's elect, and he did it with joy, even though he despised the shame. See, Christ had joy in the midst of great suffering because he knew that after his death, he would again be with his Father in glory. Christ finished his race and the goal was to be seated at the Father's right hand in heaven. Now, if we will fix our eyes on Christ, we will be completely empowered to finish the race. Suffering, testing, and temptation we will experience along the way. And we will also be able to endure to the end if we will constantly look to Jesus. You know, I think about things like the Boston Marathon. And sometimes there's different groups that that run that race within the race, you know, that maybe there's a uh, kind of a competition, if you will, uh, for those in wheelchairs and, and so forth. And at the, the towards the finish line, you hear people yelling and screaming, you know, you can do it. You're going to make it. Let's see a strong kick. I want to ask the question, what would they be yelling to you in your spiritual race 
if you could hear them today? Would they be yelling, get off your couch? Or don't just sit there. Get up. Run. Quit looking back. See, salvation, our salvation is free. It's a gift from God. But seeing God's glory will cost you everything. Oh, there's hardships in the race. I'm not denying that. I'm trying to help build some steel into some metal into your life, into the core, so that you will continue. Verse 3 and 4 says, For consider Him. And the word consider means to give deep meditation to. Ponder it. Think it over. Mull it over in your head. And it's talking about in the battle of the Christian life, The believer is to be constantly considering Christ, giving deep thought to His sufferings for us. See, our sufferings are like a a single drop in the bucket compared to the sufferings of Jesus Christ. This verse says, Consider Him who has suffered such hostility by sinners against Himself. Jesus Christ was mocked He was slandered. He was beaten. He was spat upon. He was accused of being demon-possessed. He was even nailed to the cross. He endured all this suffering to finish His race and to provide salvation for God's people. So that we would not grow weary and lose heart, to grow faint. You know, in the multiple pressures of life, if we're not running our race by meditation on Christ, there will be a tendency to get discouraged and to give up. When the pressures come in, when we tend to get disinterested, we we slack off, and then we quit. Folks, we must remember that following Christ was never intended to be a picnic. Since Christ's race was rough, ours will be rough also. Because a servant is not greater than his Lord. You know, Ray Stedman, pastor of Peninsula Bible Church in Palo Alto, California, He says, if you think it is hard living with the neighbors that you live with or working for the boss that you work for or living with a mother-in-law that you must put up with, (laughs) I suggest you review again the conditions our Lord faced in His earthly ministry. He had constantly to endure the stubbornness of people, the inflexible stiff-necked attitude that they refused to believe what he said. And it's true 
even of his own disciples. I mean, how many times he had to rebuke them for being small in faith and even for putting stumbling blocks in the path of those who tried to come to him. Again and again, he endured the contradiction of sinners against himself. The writer of Hebrews ends up and he says, And you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. So wrapping this up, the author reminds his Hebrew Christian readers that none of them have yet had to suffer by martyrdom. Oh, they were being greatly persecuted socially, but no one had given their life. They had not shed their blood. Folks, Christ died a horrible death to finish the Father's race for Him. Why would we think that we would need to do less if we are going to follow Him? Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself Take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. You know, we're going to pick up and continue our study in Hebrews 12. Uh, It's going to be a a couple of weeks. Uh, We'll continue that study on January 6th of 2021. Uh, We're not going to have any activities on Wednesday evenings. Uh, for the next couple of weeks due to the Christmas and New Year holidays. Uh, So until then, I just want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and a most Happy New Year. I hope that you will stay safe and enjoy God's creation. You know, our God is an awesome God and He's worthy of all of our praise. I hope to see you soon. This is Ridge Adams from Memorial Baptist Church in Temple, Texas. And may God bless you as you continue to seek His face.